hello there, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Daily in the Word. This is Rich Chassie, your host and teacher. We're glad that you're with us as we conclude chapter 20 today of the Gospel of John. Only one more chapter to go after today. We will begin in verse 19 and go through the end of the chapter in verse 31 as we look at some more appearances of Jesus after the resurrection. And then we come upon John's conclusion for the gospel, which also talks about his purpose for the gospel. Let's go ahead and begin reading in verse 19. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, also known as Didumus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. At this point, the Holy Spirit has not yet come. That will come in another 50 days at the day of Pentecost. But until then, here are the disciples still being afraid of the Jewish leaders, still kind of cowering in fear, which is a stark contrast to what we'll see in Acts chapter 2 and following as the disciples with the power of the Holy Spirit with them, now able to stand firmly in the face of persecution instead of hiding. But either way, Jesus comes to meet them that first day of the week. It's a Sunday, and Jesus comes to them at night behind closed and locked doors. And so Jesus just comes in. He, he doesn't come through the door. He just appears through the door or just appears, and it's something about a resurrected body that allows him to travel and to go through walls or doors, and it's quite remarkable, and there's nothing to consider that our own resurrected bodies, when it comes time for our own resurrection, that they they won't be the same way. 
So he said to them, Peace be with you, which was again a common greeting among them. And then he began to show them his hands and his side. And the disciples, perhaps initially fearful, now were overjoyed. And yet they still struggled with, what are we to do? What does this mean for the movement? How does this go forward from here? And they don't have answers to that yet. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And so he is now again commissioning them for his service. And then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And this is a precursor of what's to come on the day of Pentecost with the coming of the Holy Spirit. This is anticipatory. It is a pre-giving of spiritual insight and knowledge and understanding until at least the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit would come fully. This also speaks to the idea of creation. If you go back to Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, it talks about how the Father breathed into the nostrils of Adam and he came to life. He created life with simply blowing his breath on them as Jesus here now recreates life. They become new creations in Christ Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so he said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. When someone trusts in Jesus Christ as Savior, their sins are forgiven, and you can recognize them as such. But when a person rejects Jesus Christ as Savior, they are not forgiven of their sin as such. Now, Thomas, interesting, is not a part of that original appearance by Jesus in the upper room that first week. So the second week, when Jesus shows up, Thomas is there this time, and his other name is Didumus, which also means twin. One is in Aramaic, Thomas, the other in Greek. They both mean twin, and so we don't know anything about his twin, but we know that Thomas was one of the original twelve. When the other disciples try to tell Thomas, we have seen the Lord, the tense of that verb is such that it was an ongoing. They tried to tell him over and over again, we have seen the Lord. But he said, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And those words, in a sense, would come back to get him because, of course, Jesus knows that this is how he feels. That next week, when they're all in the house again and Thomas is there with them, again, though the doors were locked, Jesus comes and just stands among them. Peace be with you, he said. And then he goes right to Thomas. Put your finger here. Look at my hands. And you can see the image of Jesus kind of taking Thomas's hand and putting his fingers in the hole in his own hands. And taking his hand and guiding it to the hole in his side and saying, stop doubting and believe. And then the climax to the whole gospel is found here in verse 28, when Thomas says, my Lord and my God. It's the reason why John wrote, for us to come to that same conclusion with everything that he has presented up until this point, 
there was no other conclusion to come to, but my Lord and my God. And then Jesus says, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And that would be all of us, because none of us have seen the resurrected Christ, and yet we have chosen to believe that he is the Messiah, our Lord, our Savior. And then in these last two verses of the chapter, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples. Remember, John just highlights seven of those signs, and there were many more that are recorded, some 30-some other signs and wonders that were performed by Jesus recorded in the other three Gospels. And even in the other Gospels, there's a mention there about all of the signs and wonders that were performed that weren't written down, that crowds and crowds of people came to witness and to be a part of. There were multiple, multiple signs and wonders performed by Jesus. And then in verse 31, John says, but these are written, these seven that I highlighted, that you may believe. And that's certainly all that we need to know, that when Jesus performed these miracles, no normal human person could do this. Only Jesus, who is both man and God at the same time, only the Son of God, could do these kinds of miraculous things. And it proves that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you may have life in his name. Again, the whole purpose of what John writes is to this end, that what Jesus had done and what Jesus had taught, and that Jesus was now risen from the dead after paying the penalty for our sin, because of that, we can trust him. We can believe in him, that he is the Messiah, that he is the Son of God, that he is my Savior, that by believing in him you may have life, and life in his name. It is through Jesus Christ that we are saved, and it is all of him. It has nothing to do about me, about anything that I could add to it, only because of Jesus. So, Lord, we thank you again for your word. Thank you for the power and the might that was on display when you were risen from the dead. Lord, your great love for us is now manifest in that you died for us and you rose again for us, that we might be saved, that we might be forgiven of our sin, that we might be brought into your family. And Lord, may we, though never having met you or seen you, may our faith be increased because of what we have read, because of what we understand from what the Gospel of John teaches us that you are indeed the Messiah. There's no question. All the evidence points to it. It is but for us just to simply believe, to trust you, to trust you with our lives, and to say, Lord, it's yours. My life is yours, and I trust you with it. So, Lord, again, we say thank you, and we love you, 
and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks again for listening in with us on Daily in the Word, and I pray that this time will be beneficial for you as we have now been brought through the resurrection of Jesus, and now this one last chapter, two more sessions await us in the Gospel of John in what many would consider the epilogue, chapter 21. It seems as if John concludes his Gospel with these last two verses, but There's one more to go as John finishes his part of the story, and I hope that you'll join us again next time as we begin in chapter 21. We look forward to it. I pray that you're inviting people to come and join us on this journey as well. Thank you for listening. I pray that you have a great day. Take care. We'll see you next time.